Hey everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're gonna find two things in this feed. In this season, you're gonna find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois. And you're gonna find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're gonna find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. I am uh, thrilled to be here with you today in a... Feels good to be in a full room of people. I'm feeling a little soggy, but... uh... I'm thankful to be with you. I'm uh, excited about the message that I have to bring. Welcome to all the guests that are here, friendly faces. We're thrilled that you guys are here too. Uh, as the church progresses, it starts to feel more and more and more some of those community familial elements that are so wonderful. We get to see people that you know and get to experience people in different phases of life, and it's a blessing, and we're thankful to be on this journey with you. And this is like my favorite week of the year because I look out just for a second. Look out that window for just a second if you can, if you can see it. And uh, not really right now, because it's not really the vibe, but I was out here last night, and there were thousands of people in our community all over these couple of blocks right here. And most of those people, many of those people, haven't found the Jesus that we found. And God put us right here as the brightest light we could possibly be to this community. And we're out there, like, giving out ice cream to all kinds of people. They're like, I don't get it. What's this church? Like, why don't, if I don't believe in the church, can I still eat the ice cream? Like, if I... Can I take the ice cream and throw it at the church? You know, whatever, like the... Uh, but that's why we're here. Uh, we're here to be good news neighbors, and so we're thankful to be on the journey, is all I'm saying. Um, the title of the message today, we're continuing in the series that we've been in um, that is taking us through the fruits of the Spirit. Today we've made it to gentleness. We're going to weave it in with uh, July 4th, which I think is a good time to think about the country that we're in and the place that we live and the things that we have going on. And I got something I'm excited to try to weave together for us this morning. And it starts with this. Um, there's things that happen in life and they produce this like emotional reaction that you're not always sure what to do with, but you know that you feel it. Let me tell you what I mean. Yesterday, uh, there was a bunch of us, we walked in the Palatine Parade and uh, they always put the churches, I feel like in weird places in the parade, like try to like mess with you. Last year, there was a fight that kind of broke out while we were in the parade. Anyways, that's not important. The point is this year, we were right behind the, um, like the, the group that rescues dogs and tries to find them new homes. Oh, that's cool, like they're wholesome, you know, we're, I don't know, not really wholesome, whatever, we're here, and it was, and then one of the dogs bit my daughter, Fifi, before the parade even started. My five-year-old daughter, she got bit by one of the dogs. And, uh, and then it, we had to just walk for like the next hour with this, these dogs right in front of us. But like, I don't know like how that would, would hit you, but I kind of started at like, okay, so we'll murder all the dogs in the world. <laughs> you know, kind of like, you know, like that feeling that you get. And then it was like weird because the lady who was like running it, she wasn't like really sorry. And then someone was like, what did she did the, well, did the little girl do something to provoke it? The like, you know, the what was she wearing defense? And I was like, Then I was like, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. 
But it was like, uh, and my little daughter, she loves dogs. And so then she was later, she was like, Dad, we can't be mad at all the dogs. So, but we kind of like made it through. When we made it through, we made it through, okay. Then last night we were uh, out in the country somewhere uh, with some friends from the church here. Uh, at their, they lived far enough out that they were setting off like huge fireworks and nobody was bothered about it. And all of a sudden the fireworks are like going off or about to go off and I hear Fifi, she, my same daughter, five years old, she starts just freaking out. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but at five years old, my first instinct is like she's freaking out for a bad reason. I don't know if you've been in that phase of parenting, but my first is like, no, you're fine. And then I look, and she has this beetle on her that I promise you is as big as like a half dollar. I mean, like this thing was like this big, <laughs> huge. And then I like reach down, and I can't get the thing off of her sweatshirt. I had to finally be like all the strength. And she was freaking out for quite a long time. And, and I was just like, We're gonna kill all the beetles in all the world. We're gonna like, but if you're, uh, if you're a parent, you understand, but we all have these things. Who knows what I'm talking about? There's like that thing that happens and you just got this. And I feel like that sometimes when I look at a lot of things happening in our country, in our world that we're on, does anybody have that feeling? I just look around and I see that some of the things that like we say are good that I know aren't good and some of the things that we say are bad and I'm like, I'm not sure that that's bad. And it just gets this feeling and that's what I kind of want to talk about um, today is what to do with that. So these verses may be familiar to you, they may be not. Uh, this is Titus, it's chapter 3, it's verses 1 and 2. What do I do with that feeling? This is, what, uh, this is an older man writing to a younger man under the authority of the Holy Spirit saying this. Remind them, he's talking to a pastor of a church. He's saying, remind your church, is what he's saying, to be submissive to rulers and authorities to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. I'm gonna read it again. Six things at least there. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. A good news citizen has all those things kind of tied together, all of those behaviors tied together. Depending on your personality and depending on your temperament and depending on what you're feeling, you may find it easier to do some but not all or some or not, depending on the situation, depending on the issue, depending on the situation, depending on the circumstance. Biblical Christians are by definition in a predicament because we have to live in this world. God put us here for this time in history to follow him and live for him the best that we can. And for all of those of us that you know, are here, God has called us not to kind of like, we're not doing the, I'm just gonna go hide and be safe away from the world. But at the same time, we're not of this world. That feeling that you get when you watch TV, scan social media, when I go to the parade, that feeling, uh, this was happening to me like, I was walking around the other night uh, while I was out doing ice cream and I was looking at all the teenagers and I had this like intense feeling of like, whatever they are, I'm like really not that anymore. <laughs> Does anyone ever had this? You're like, I, I just, I don't get most of it. 
Christians are supposed to feel like that in this world. If you feel like, I don't totally fit, that's not something to try to fix by trying to fit. So there's like a, um, this may be helpful to you, and this is, I got six things from this text I want to share to you. There's a, we got to understand kind of like our loyalty pyramid. If you like pictures, you may even want to draw a pyramid there. This is what I mean. Like, where do my loyalties belong? So like, who do I listen to? Because the first thing that he says there, he says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities to be obedient. Okay, but who am I supposed to be obedient to and when? And then what does that mean? So first and clear, my first loyalty, my first obedience belongs to God more than any human person. So we'll get to this more fully in a second, but God never wants you to disobey him so that you can obey someone else. That doesn't mean that like just because you say God, you know, did you ever have one of those friends who does like the God told me routine? Got one of those, one of those people in your life? So God's never going to tell you to do something that's against what he already wrote down in the Bible. So the Holy Spirit isn't going to lead you to do something against the Ten Commandments or against the clear things of Scripture. So if someone tries to tell you that, be like, hey, uh, no, God didn't tell you that. You can have total freedom to say that if you want. So my first loyalty belongs to God, but I have to make sure that it's what God really wants me to do, right? Then my second loyalty, I would say, scripturally speaking, belongs to my family. And then my church and the church, my church being like the specific one you're part of and the church being all Christians. The Bible has lots to say about that. I think your country maybe fits like right there, and then everything else. You could kind of walk that down. And not like every day or every minute, but sometimes I come into intersections where I have to do, I have to make decisions or I have to make choices. And thinking through where do my loyalties belong, where do my loyalties lie? So, is it more important? to be loyal to God or to my country? I'd say more important to be loyal to God. But then is it more important to be loyal to my country or to my family, to my, what's more important, that I'm a citizen of the United States of America or that I'm a future citizen of heaven? And getting these things clear in our minds becomes important. So he's reminding them. Why do we need to be reminded? Because our instincts are often towards rebellion, not towards obedience, right? So the reason why he says in this text that I'm reading to you, remind them to be obedient, is because left to our own devices, we're not very good at remembering. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and to authorities, to be obedient. So he says, got to be obedient. So follow rules. Christians are not exempt from the reasonable and appropriate obligations that come with living in this country or toward our government. Paul is apparently concerned as he's writing Titus that, the Christ, that Christians might develop an attitude toward the state that may wrongly interpret their allegiance to Christ as being contrary to any allegiance to the state. No, no, it's, it's clear. A proper Christian attitude requires us to be obedient to the reasonable rules that our country puts in front of us. We can't of course, cooperate if the state wants us to reverse our God-given duty, like promoting evil. But part of when we're here, we need to be citizens. Okay, why am I belaboring this? Because uh, sometimes people of faith think that because we have faith, that means we don't have to follow anybody else's rules. Have you ever been around these kind of people? No, we don't need to follow 
rules that are against what God wants. But I would believe, and what we've been painting as a picture here over the last few years in this church, is that people of faith should be the best citizens, the best neighbors, the most engaged, not the most reluctant and the most complaining and the most not part of it. But then it gets to like some really practical questions. So like, should I pay my taxes? Should I use pronouns if my government job asks me to? Should I have taken the vaccine or not when they told me I had to? I know some of your individual answers, but let's all just calm down for a second. <laughs> so I have to have a grid that I can think through to decide because we're prone to two different errors. We've talked about this before. Some of us are prone to, at all costs, I just want to fit. So I can like meld my conscience past the rules and laws of the Bible because I just don't want to stick out. And so I kind of just flatten the edges and I fall into becoming really ultimately just a person of the world, not meaningfully obeying God, just kind of going along to get along in the name of being kind or that's not the right or biblical way. But at the same time, some of us are prone to look for fights where there aren't fights also. Like, I mean, if I'm being honest, when I, when I got to church last couple days and I saw that the city decided to just like park a bunch of semi-trailers out in front of our building for the week. I, I never got an email. No one checked with me if I like was cool with that. But I'm not a martyr. We're not being persecuted, right? I don't, we're, we're, I'm not, my faith isn't being threatened. No, they did what I would have done the same thing if the situation was reversed. They're trying to figure out a place to put it, whatever. So we have this tendency, what I'm trying to aim at, and maybe you can find yourself here, is God wants us to be obedient to the earthly authorities around us. And we have an instinct, most of us inside of us, either towards, I don't have to follow the rules and maybe I can find a way to make it like my faith compels me not to. And some of us, will find any reason to do whatever the culture asks me to do because I'm afraid of standing up for the truth or what's right. Do we see? Neither one of these things is obeying this text that we're looking at or how to be a good... So just say that with me. Say, follow rules. rules. Say it again with a little more gusto, especially if you're one one of the kids here. Okay. Let me read the text to you again. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities to be obedient. Next phrase. To be ready for every good work, to be ready for every good work, to be ready for every good work. Second, follow rules. The second thing is follow opportunities. Say that with me. Say follow opportunities. opportunities. To be ready for for every good work is to have built a life that has the ability to see things that come across as opportunities, not as frustrations or obligations. I wrote it down this way. Is your life built with enough margin to see open doors as a blessing? Hey, Reed, but come on, you're in the sermon. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Good. This is my son, Reed. Uh, he did not get bit by a beetle uh, or a dog yesterday. He did one time have a hawk land on his head out of a tree. That was a long time ago. Anyway, okay. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in the last six months watching Reed play basketball, 
And if I've heard the coach say it once, I've heard the coach say a thousand times, when the other team has the ball, the coach tells us to get in our defensive stance. Reed, show me what a defensive stance looks like. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. How many times? You, you, could, you could do it like I'm not hurting you right now. Come on, be obedient, be obedient, be obedient. Remember, be obedient, be obedient. Okay, come on, I'll do it with you. Be obedient. So the coach says, get in your stance. And I mean, before the other team is 50 feet, when the ball is 50 feet away from the players, the coach says, get in your stance. Why? Because when my knees are bent and my hands are out, if he goes this way, I can go this way. If he goes this way, I can go this way. If he goes this way, I know you can tell it. Can you tell all the athleticism just dripping off me right now? If he goes this way, I can go this way. Get 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 So be ready. Okay, if you understand that what I'm saying, if you ever played sports, you understand. He's saying, do you see it? Be ready for every good work. What does that mean? It means that if I spend every dollar that comes into my bank account every single month, there may be someone across the street from me that needs a little help and I would love to help, but I can't help because I'm not ready for every good work. It means that if my schedule is so overflowing all the time with every obligation and everything I have to do and everything I have to do and everything I have to do and I have to go over here and I have to go over here and I have to go over here and I have to do this and I have to do this and if they, and all of a sudden there's a person in the church whose car broke down, they text and said, hey, can you come help me? And I have to say, I can't help because I'm not ready for every good work. We don't need to go too far down this pathway today, but um, lots of places in this world, we've sort of glorified being busy and tired. It comes like a badge and not everybody, like I want to be real careful that like, if you have a one-year-old living at your house, you're supposed to be busy and tired. Like the last thing I want you to feel condemnation. There's seasons of life that are different from other seasons of life, of course, right? And there's different, that's not, we're not talking about any of that. Whatever your life consists of right now, to be a good news citizen, one of the ways that I deal with that churn of anger and frustration that I feel about right here is by having the ability to do positive things in the other direction. I was with these two wonderful new guys from the church, um, which apparently neither one of them I can see made it to church this morning, so that was great. But I was with them serving ice cream <laughs> yesterday afternoon. Uh, they're brand new guys, and uh, they both said this to me. Man, it just feels so good to do something for someone else. We're blessed. If you serve in church on a regular basis, you get to experience that all the time, but there's lots of people in the world that never get to experience the feeling of doing something for someone else. And to be able to do that, I have to be... I'm trying to emphasize here, ready for whatever comes my way. So we've done two things so far. We've talked about follow rules. Say follow rules. rules. Second, follow opportunities. Say follow opportunities. opportunities. Then he says, to speak, this is now in verse two, to speak evil of no one. So we're going to get ready to fill the altar here with people who are uh, feeling a little to speak evil of no one. So we're saying follow rules, follow opportunities. Three, don't slander. Say it, say don't slander. slander. To speak evil of no one is the idea of to try hard not to overstate the wrong in another person. If it isn't true, I shouldn't say it about another person. 
That one's a little bit easier than these ones. I shouldn't overstate my opinion to make people think bad of someone else. This is like that whole political game that our country is trapped in, right? Depending on which side you fall in, whatever little thing happens, you make it like the worst thing that's ever happened in human history. If it's over there on the other side of the thing, and if it's on my side, I just try, no, no, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal. It's that pattern of overstating. It's also wrong to be mean-spirited in how I talk about someone, even if what I'm saying is accurate. Come here, Raleigh, come on. Come on, buddy, you're in, you're in, you're in. This is Raleigh, this is my new friend. Um, him and a bunch of his friends are here working in town this summer, selling solar. Uh, and uh, so the first time that I met Raleigh, he came to church and then he showed up at my house like the next day trying to sell solar. So it started at like, <laughs> should we run a background check, you know, kind of vibe, but then. But uh, so here's the thing, Raleigh, he's a, Young guy, he's working hard, but he has been having some challenges making it to church on time on Sundays. Now what's interesting about that is you wouldn't generally think that a person who struggles to be on time would also think, you know what, I'm not sure if I'm gonna be on time, but you know where I'm gonna sit? Front row. So when I get there, I'm gonna march right up to that front row. Now, there's a lot of different, so I wanna just use this, my buddy, we're, uh, we're going to lunch today, right? Yeah. yeah, we're going to lunch today. Which, I, well, it's interesting because I said go to lunch, but you got to be on time. And then you know where you were when the service started? You were here already. It's funny how that worked out. Yeah, see? Okay, so the way that I talk, I'm using something simple, but we deal with this in all kinds of stuff. The way that I talk to and about my friend about this thing that he's struggling with is right here in this text. So is it true that you've been struggling to make it on time? Yes. But would it be accurate for me to say, you know that Raleigh, he's always late. <laughs> no, not every time. Not every time. So if I was overstating the facts, now I'm speaking evil of someone. Also, you know what I could say? You know the reason that he's late is you know those Southerners. Them and their college football and their sweet tea and they're pretending they're not racists anymore and all their nonsense about the Southerners and they're this and they're that and they just can't get anywhere on time, those Southerners. None of those thoughts have ever crossed my mind, obviously, but like if, if I started attaching a whole bunch of motive to a thing that's true, now I'm speaking evil of the person. Man, is it easy to do that? <laughs> Conviction set through the room. It started on the stage. It... So he says here, if I want to be a good news neighbor, he says, speak evil of no one. You're good. I want to just throw a couple things in there. Um, people of faith, should not feel comfortable speaking evil of celebrities or famous people or wealthy people or political figures just because they kind of seem like they're outside of our stratosphere. It's always wrong to speak evil of someone even if you feel like they deserve it or even if you find them really annoying. It's also, more than we realize, we are modeling for each other in every interaction how we're gonna talk about each other and other people that aren't around. 
the people of God. I love being part of the family of God, but I'm going to be honest, this is not our best thing. We often feel so comfortable looking at that other church, that other group, those other people, and just kind of like, speak evil of no one. Follow rules, follow opportunities. Third one, say it with me. Say, don't slander. Don't slander. Then the next one, he says, it's getting, he's getting tight. I got three more. He says, to speak evil of no one, this is the next part. So notice that these are a subset. To be ready for every good work, you can't be speaking evil of anyone. Second, he says, avoid quarreling. Don't slander. This is the next one. Don't argue. Say, don't argue. This is needless contention that is more about making a point than making a difference. To quarrel is to create a conflict where there's no need for a conflict. Um, this is why kids drive their parents crazy, right? This is why kids, can I, can I, do I have any witnesses anywhere around the room this morning? Yes, okay. The reason why kids drive their parents crazy is because it seems like so often, what? There's nothing to fight about here. But it's amazing how easy it is for us to do the same thing, right? I mean, this is like what's so broken about the, the media and the social media kind of ecosystem that we live in is it's designed to make me angry about something that there's really no reason to be angry about. Like, I really hated that thing with the, like, the sky being all hazy and smoky. Yeah. Who's with me? I really didn't, that was weird. I didn't, I didn't dig it at all. But like, I saw people getting mad at like individual Canadians <laughs> being like, what's your deal up there? Why can't you like get your trees cut down? And so like this one guy was supposed to go out with like his hose from his backyard and like spray the whole fire down so that we never got any smoke. And I think if I can just, the reason why we often quarrel is that there's a sinful instinct in me and a sinful instinct in you that thinks that every time there's a problem, I've got to find someone to blame for it and then like create a conflict about it. Like, sometimes it's okay to just be like, I don't know, Lord, like, I kind of wish it wasn't raining. That instinct to quarrel, that's the word he uses, I use the word argue, is over all kinds of stuff. And what it does is it makes it very difficult for our neighbors and for the people around us to hear us about meaningful things that we'd like to say or talk about or deal with because they have the experience with us that there's always something to fight about. Now he gets three more. Number five. So we've said follow rules, follow opportunities, don't slander, don't argue. Here's five. He says, be gentle. Be gentle. Now, this one is tough because the word connotates a, a submissive and teachable spirit towards God that manifests itself in genuine humility and consideration towards others. But regrettably, this, Engl this English word gentle now often means in our popular way of thinking of it, like wimpy weakness or non-assertive or lacking vigor. Like if we're being honest, gentle is not at the top of the list of what a lot of ladies are looking for in the man of their dreams. 
and I've yet to go to like the football practice where the coach was like, all right, fellas, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get out there. We're going to be gentle. And so we've got to just for a sec, if we can, I know it's, if we just can for a sec, can we just see that what we hear in our minds when we hear that word and why the Bible is calling to us is because we don't understand it properly. So to be gentle is not to lack strength. To be gentle is to harness that strength in a different purpose. So I can just tell you that if that dog had made another pass at my little girl, there was going to be some intensive vigor coming towards that dog from my foot. I can promise you in Jesus' name. protection of those you're entrusted to, being willing to be strong but harnessing it under control. That is one of the virtues that we've been talking about all summer. Right alongside love and peace and patience, right there towards the back half, he slides in there, gentleness. Gentleness is having the strength not to always use all my strength. This has been a, such a learning. She's in the sermon a bunch today, and I'm, this is why I wanted to use it. It's been such a learning thing for me being the dad of a daughter versus being the dad of boys. Guys and men and women that were different. I know, crazy, right? And uh, that any level of intensity that she perceives. Girls, generally speaking, are a lot more uh, sophisticated emotionally than boys are. Can we agree? Especially at a younger age. And any level of intensity that she can feel from me immediately turns into something. And the boys wouldn't even notice, you know. Probably don't even know I'm talking about them right now, even though they're like 15 feet away, you know. <laughs> and so I've had to learn that if I'm going to correct her, or if I'm gonna keep her safe. Even the way that I reacted yesterday in these two moments where she was feeling scared, that if I like triple her emotion, it just makes things worse. But so how does a person come towards a problem with strength and purpose and intensity to solve the problem, yet not in a manner that makes the problem worse rather than better? Who is that challenging? That is what gentleness is. And so the reason why so often Christians lose their voice in the public square and the reason why so often we struggle to hear each other, struggle to deal with problems, is because we miss it right here. We often think that if my facts are correct, then I'm saying things in the right way. Jesus was seen as being gentle even though he had all the strength needed to solve every problem in the universe. So what does it mean in this context here as good news citizens, we're almost done now, to be gentle? I think this is what it means. It means allowing people a path or a progression to obedience or conformity. It means giving people space to find their way slowly but surely. This is like, um, I'll give you a few examples. So I think the Bible teaches pretty clearly that, uh, I think the Bible teaches pretty clearly that 10% of what you make financially belongs to God. It's a tithe. That's what I believe. And I think that when you are living in conformity to that, God blesses you. 
But a very ungentle way of handling that at the church would be to say, all right, here's what we're going to do. Next week, everybody come back, and you're going to bring your tax documents, and we're just going to kind of have some of the deacons. We're going to kind of look through and see, and the people that make it, you're welcome to come back. It's getting a little full. Those of you that can't, we'll just kind of find another place. Why wouldn't that be helpful? Because all it would do is kind of like make the people doing the right thing feel good and making the people missing the boat feel like I'm out. Gentleness is to, for me to be able to stand right here and say, our church is doing great. So I'm not saying this because we need anything. I'm saying it because giving to God what God is due is going to make your life better. And on some like kind of magical, like you'll win the Powerball and have more than you started with if you do kind of way, you're going to get real prayers answered and you're going to see power in your life. When I release my controlling hold, but gentleness is to say, it may be really tricky for you to get there like this month, and so maybe you just need to take a step, and then maybe another step, and then maybe another step. What does it look like to be a gentle parent is something that I think about a lot, and it applies when they're little, and it applies when they're teenagers, like some of the ones that I have, and from the friends that I have, it applies when they're older too. It looks like not forcing my facts upon every situation where the only choice is do what I want or there's going to be a problem. Being gentle means that sometimes I accept that sometimes when you show up at church, there's like six people outside smoking, and that may feel weird to you. But I don't know, guys. They're here, and I'm glad about it. So what can I tell you? I thought that would get a laugh. Okay, maybe you are bothered about it. <laughs> it means that God has chosen. I talked about this in the huddle earlier this morning. God has chosen to be exceedingly patient and gentle with his children. I'm really thankful about that this morning. Anybody thankful that God wasn't like one chance and you're out, one shot and you're out? Man, I am so thankful. And so both because it's right and because practically it's the best way to go at it, we want to be gentle, not aggressively pushy with each other. There's one more thing in the text. He says to be gentle and then last he says to show perfect courtesy to all people. Remember, so where we started is, what do I do with that churning of frustration that I feel about the world around me? The last thing is to be kind. Just say that with me. Say, be kind. Be kind. To show perfect courtesy towards all people. Um, that was for sure his kid that was crying, so that was good. Yeah, it was good. I could hear him. It was really loud, at least where I was. To be kind, to show perfect courtesy towards everyone is to act with moderation. It's to see every person as equally valuable and worthy of my respect, even if they can't do anything for me or with me. It means to see every person that I interact with as an opportunity to show God's love in the way that I interact with them. Every person, every person, every person. Every person. To show perfect court courtesy toward, I can't help but see it, do you see it, that word all, right there at the end of verse 2, is the key word in the sentence. So when you wrap this all together, this is what he's saying. Here's how to be a good news citizen. I think I might have a slide for this. Follow rules. Follow opportunities. Don't slander. Don't argue. Be gentle and be kind. When you grab all those things together, this is how to live in the world. So, I don't know what the issue is that really like grinds your gears 
I don't know what it is for you. It's different things for different people. Whatever the thing is that like really gets you, like right now, just the fact that I keep bringing it up, I can see it in your eyes, Bill. You're like angry right now. I can just see it. You're just all twisted around about that. For some people, it's the politics. For some people, like I don't know, I, I, I do a lot of interacting with people here locally in these like Facebook groups for people here in Palatine. I mean, the, some of these people, like, there's like a dog barking at night and they like act like someone murdered their whole family. They're just like level of like, It's like, guys, like Hitler's not on the zoning board. Like, you know, like it's okay. There's just such a level of. But for you, it may be some of the things that you see in the culture with the, the Pride Month stuff that may be the thing that really bothers you, grinds you. It may be like a very small thing about the way that your boss is to you or the way that you're being treated in this certain situation or whatever. I'm just trying to bring us all to the same level ground. There's probably something that really like churns you up. And our desire often is towards sinful ways of dealing with righteous feelings or frustrations or anger. All right? That's where we get stuck. Is that the thing that I'm feeling, I'm right about. But then the way that I act about it, not so right. Anybody, I see myself there. Anybody see themselves there? That's what's so challenging. And this is like such simple stuff. I haven't told you anything this morning that you don't know already. But first... God wants me to follow the rules, obey the rulers and authorities that he's put in place. Unless they are forcing me to sin, I need to do what they ask me to do. Second, I need to build a life where I have the opportunity to do good things. It's so interesting to me that like the way he's like, kind of the way that you deal with the frustration that you feel about the rules is by doing good things. Don't slander, don't argue, be gentle, be kind. That's how to be a good news citizen. Follow rules, follow opportunities, don't slander, don't argue, be gentle, be kind. So we're going to, in just a second, uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing. I want to do that same song that we did earlier, the uh, I Speak Jesus song again. We're going to do that again before we leave, and we're going to lift our hearts in praise. But I just want to invite you for just a second uh, right here, it's so easy at the end of the church service to kind of just start to rush on to the next thing mentally or to like, how will I ever even find my car? I don't even know where I parked. I know, I get it. Can we just stay right here for just a second? Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes? Let's just create some space for a second. I don't know what we've talked about today that meets you where you are, but you could just open your heart for a moment. Maybe God's brought something very specific to your mind. I just want to give an opportunity. I just want to take a second and pray for some folks. If you're uh, like, man, I came to church today and there was something in church today that was like so right for me. It was for me today. I had that experience, Pastor, like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me like through you. It was for me. If that's you, I just want to say a special prayer for you today. We're not in a rush. If that's you, just maybe give a hand, show a hand, raise a hand. Yeah, there's people in the room all over the place. 
you can raise it loud and proud. I'd love to pray for you. Yeah, in the front row and all the way to the back. Just keep it raised for just a second. Anybody else, I just want to pray a special prayer for you. And then we're going to sing this song. Lord, I want to pray for every heart in the room today who sees that they've found something through your spirit from your word today. And I want to pray in Jesus' name that you would give us so much strength to be gentle, so much wisdom in how to move forward. Lord, I often look at the world around me and think, Lord, I would have loved to live at a different time when things weren't like this. But God, you chose us for right now. You chose us for this generation. You chose us for this time in history. And Lord, I am asking in Jesus' name that you would pour your strength and pour your wisdom and pour your love on every person in this space in a way that drives our thoughts and our hearts and attention towards you, Jesus. Help us not to lean on our own understanding. Help us, Lord, in all of our ways to acknowledge you, Lord, and we know that you're going to direct our paths. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.